So anyway, Mark um, tasked me tonight um, with um, talking to you about a couple of different subjects. Um, One is the stewardship of your time. And the other is um, the stewardship of your, the temple of the Holy Spirit, your body. So um, basically, what we're calling this is stewardship series. Balance is not always easy. Uh, and I've chosen um, this first slide because when you think of balance, um, probably one of the most um, amazing athletic things that you can imagine is um, ladies' um, gymnastics and being on the balance beam. Um, I was doing a little research on it today. It's about 15 feet long, and it's only four inches wide, so very narrow. And um, the reason I chose this particular picture is, um, first of all, it's a Russian gymnast, so I do this in deference to all Zakevich's everywhere. Um, and her name is Olga Corbett. Um, she may be a little bit before your time. Um, she was in and winning gold medals in the Munich Olympics in um, 1972. And she was quite, quite good. She's only 17 years old at the time that she won um, her gold medals. And one thing about being a world-class gymnast is it takes a lot of hard work, as you might imagine. A lot of practice, um, time, um, discipline, hard work. You know, to be the best, you have to have a singular goal to be the best, a lot of self-denial. You know, as a teenager, a lot of these gymnasts, they don't get to have a normal teenage um, years. You know, they're um, uh, cloistered in a gym somewhere working out, especially if you're in, the, in, the, um, in, in Russia, um, because they play, they play such a high uh, premium on uh, sports um, success. Um, a lot of regimentation, doing the same thing over and over again. And the reason I remembered her was... Um, at the time of this Olympics, I remember seeing her on the cover of a sports magazine in a, in a color picture, and it was looking directly down the balance beam at her face. And just the amount of intensity and effort and concentration that she had was really, really kind of amazing. I mean, personally, I can't hardly even touch my toes, but here's a person whose back is now on her front. Hard to, just an amazing thought. You know, I can't even, even fathom such a thing. But one thing that's really important to us as, as Christians is, in terms of our time, is to have balance because, as Mark was saying, uh, we really have only um, one opportunity to live this life to the glory of God and to be pleasing to Him. But um, balance isn't always easy. I'm sure many of you struggle with it. Um, You're constantly um, having to deal with changes in your schedule, unexpected things happen to you, flat tire, engine goes out, can't go to work, late for something, Um, something happens with a friend needs you, um, you become ill. You know, there's just a a never-ending list of things that can happen that's unexpected in life. You know, it can be crazy. Um, There's always uh, conflicting priorities. So, um, 
you know, you're always looking for for choosing the right thing to do at any one time because there's many things that are are um, are good. So you're always making choices. Is it the best choice? Um, you know, is it a bad choice, a mediocre choice, a good choice, a better choice, or is it the best choice? And sometimes you don't really know what it is. And sometimes it's based on how you're feeling, um, not necessarily an in-depth analysis of, of what the outcomes of the things will be. Um, a lot of shifting circumstances leads to a lot of juggling. Your constantly seems like you're, um, you know, trying to decide, you know, what to do next. What's what's the highest priority um, thing to do? Because there's many that are going on at the same time. Um, and then, you know, the question is, you know, how can we um, live a more a more a more balanced life? So um, this person um, was very popular in the 1960s on variety shows on TV. His name was Ed Brenn, B-R-E-N-N. And if you actually want to YouTube him, you can actually watch this, what he does. It's kind of amazing. Um, But I remember watching him as a kid. And what he would do is he had all of these poles and he would get these um, glass bowls spinning on the top of these poles. And he would get them all spinning, and then he would look down to the other end, see he's at one end, and then the other one's wobbling. So he runs to the other end and starts, starts to uh, spin that one, and he's constantly trying to keep everything from crashing down. Um, to make matters worse, if you look down on the table below him, there are plates. And what he's doing, he's taking plates and he's spinning them on their, t- on their end like a top. And so he would get all these things going all at once. Hopefully none of them crashes and falls down. And when he gets them all up, then that's the end of his, his um, act, and then he would collect everything. So, you know, I don't know if you ever feel like that. A lot of times in my, in my life, um, that was kind of how I would describe my life, you know, as I felt like I was spinning, spinning plates all the time, you know, doing the very best I could to keep my head above water, you know, feeling like I was drinking from a fire hose because I was so, you know, so busy and there were so many things going on. So um, tonight, what we're going to do is we're going to look at priorities in terms of your time. And then at the end, we're going to look a little bit at um, health and lifestyle um, choices, hopefully to make um, healthy choices. So time. Um, This is something that each one of us um, has an amount that is preordained by God. You know, he knows the, the moment of our birth, and he knows the moment of our death. We don't. But in between, um, he has given each of us the same number of seconds, minutes, and hours per day. And so just like you would budget um, money or finances to meet different needs, um, kind of the same thing could be said with time, because we all have uh, an amount to spend and so the question is, how can we do it the most effectively um, as Christians um, for the Lord? So now, um, a couple of weeks ago, at the end of August, um, Pastor John um, preached through um, Ephesians five fifteen through 17. And I'm just going to reference really quickly um, verses 15 and 16. Um, because this is kind of a seminal passage on the use of our time. And so um, it says, Be careful how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of the time because the days are evil. And I actually went back and listened to Pastor John's message this week um, to be reminded specifically of 
of his emphases and so on in his in his message. Um, he spent a lot of time uh, at the the beginning of his message talking about being unwise and being wise. And you know he went through that the fool says in his heart that there is no God and kind of took off from there, um, talking about the unwise person who denies God, and you know the wise person that. God has opened the, the mind of their heart to, to receive him, has repented of their sins, turned to Christ, and um, is now, he is now their Lord. So um, we are hoping that, as many of you that know, know him tonight, that you're in the wise category. And so you have the ability to um, really be able to make um, really good choices as far as your time, things that would be edifying and would be glorifying to God. So um, it says, so be careful how you walk. And, you know, being careful is you're alert, you're paying attention, you're watching. It's kind of like if you're hiking on uneven ground, you have to be very careful how you step because the next step could send you down a ravine or off a cliff. So you want to be really careful how you, how you walk. And the Apostle Paul uses um, the term walk a lot just as a, a representation of the Christian life. Um, he, he uses it often um, uh, in Ephesians especially, but other places as well. And, and basically it represents our, our, our Christian life. And making the most of the time because the days are evil. So um, most there is kind of like almost like a financial term. It means buying back or um, you know, buying up opportunities, buying up um, um, things. And so, you know, as far as time goes, um, you know, we want to buy up and use the best we can with the time that God's given us. The word for time there, there's two different um, Greek New Testament words, one of which um, is called chronos, which would be, you know, where we get the word chronometer, you know, which would be like a watch. And that would be seconds, maybe in these days would be like a sundial, which you could trace the sun as it goes across the dial and tells time. And there's another one called kairos, which is the word that's here. And it basically means um, an epoch of time or a, um, a defined amount of time, which would be um, like your lifespan. So that's what it's talking about. It's not the minute by minute but it's making the most uh, and buying up every opportunity um, while you're alive. And then it says, because the days are evil. Um, Satan and the world system would love to get all of us to waste our time and to not use time uh, to the maximal benefit and glory of God. Um, I think you know, Satan definitely um, rejoices when Christians do frivolous things that aren't really um, helpful, that don't really uh, glorify God. So, um, so the days are evil, and Satan's trying to derail us from what is the most needed at any one time. Um, even though we have God's wisdom, we're also still fallen, and uh, we can occasionally make decisions that aren't um, what they should be. You know, in, in Galatians 3, um, Paul talks, tells the Galatians who wanted to go from grace kind of back to like a work system, calls them the foolish Galatians. You began by grace, or are you going to be perfected by works? 
And um, in Revelation 2, you know, where uh, Christ is um, giving his um, critiques of the churches, he says to the Ephesians that they left their first love, which would also be a foolish thing. So, so in any case, um, you know, balance, it's not easy. Um, and we have a lot of priorities um, and different things that we need to, um, to keep in balance. And so what I've, I've attempted to do here, these are a number of um, common um, um, hierarchy of priorities that, that one might have. Now, this is, doesn't pertain to everybody. You may have things, think about your own life, and you may have things that aren't on this list that, um, that take up your time. You know, I can think of a few things that aren't here. Um, there might be somebody who has like a chronic illness, and let's say they're diabetic, and they have to take time injecting insulin and checking their blood sugar and doing things like that, which, which mo- many of us don't have to do. So, you know, that's a, a legitimate um, health-related uh, thing that takes up their time. But, um, you know, I think a lot of these things are things that we all kind of have in common, maybe. And um, what will happen is they will kind of go, um, different things on the list here will kind of go up and down depending on what's going on in our lives. Um, the one thing, though, that, that never changes is that God's at the top of the list. So he's always the, the primary priority. And um, he's the one that it's the Lord Christ that we serve. So um, he's the number one priority. So, um, you know, having and, and one thing about God being number one, he really what he is not, he is not a thing legalistically to be a checkbox to be checked off in your day. Um, he is um, one with which you don't have a checkbox. You have a communion um, throughout the day. And the challenge is when things get busy, things get crazy, things, um, unexpected things come up, is, is, um, is doing what we need to do like in John 15, that he's the branch, we're the branches and, um, um, you know, he's the vine and we're the branches and we need to abide and live in his presence all day long. So um, that having been said, um, there are a number of spiritual disciplines that I know all of you are extremely well aware of um, that, that take time and need to be prioritized in your life. You know, the first one would be being in God's word every day, of course. Um, Bible reading, Bible study, uh, longing for the pure milk of the word, 1 Peter 2.2. 2. Um, and just like in Ezra uh, 7.10, where Ezra found the law and he was, began diligently studying it so that he could explain it um, to, to Israel, kind of the beginning of expository preaching, but um, he dead diligently studied it. And, you know, Colossians 3.16, let the word of Christ richly dwell within you with um, psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, uh, making melody to the Lord. So um, being in the word is obviously very crucial. But the question is, um, and the reason I'm asking you this is because it happens to me all the time. um, And I'm also searching for a way to do better at this. But how often did you have your kind of Bible reading and Bible study time in the morning and then... Later on in the day, you go back and think, what did, I, what did I read? And you have trouble remembering what it was that you read. 
Um, so uh, coming up with, with ways to kind of help with that, one thing would be, um, practical thing would be um, maybe um, having like a little three-by-five card or something like that, that whatever the big, the kind of the big message or the, th- the take-home from, um, you know, your, your personal devotional time with the Lord was, um, what was that thing that the Lord impressed on your heart that day? Write it down, take it with you, you know, put it on your desk, put it near you, and it's just a constant reminder of, you know, what you, what you studied that morning and what you looked at. Um, another thing is Bible memorization, so Psalm 119.11. Um, and by keeping, um, you know, by memorizing his word, we know um, that, that's in, that, uh, that the Lord has asked us to do that. And that's another thing you can do with, um, with like cards, things like that. And then throughout the day, just pull that out, have it on your desk, have it close by. And it's just a reminder um, to be um, in God's word and, and uh, God's presence in your life um, all day long. So um, those are two really, really important things spiritually um, to keep in mind and to carry forth in your life um, throughout the day. Um, Another thing is kind of going down a little bit would be family. So if you are married or if you have children, um, that definitely um, sticks right next to God as far as importance. The next, the next thing down would be, would be family, God being the first priority, but then family. Um, some of you have family, but they don't live here. Maybe they live far away. You're all out of the home now, probably for some time. Some of you may still be there, but, um, you know, but if you, you know, if you have children and, you know, you have a spouse, that's, that's kind of your, that's your family. So, um, that would be like your next priority, and that doesn't really ever change. But family, sometimes if it's a little bit lower on your list here because you don't see them that often or they live far away, um, usually one thing that brings families together and causes them to rally is if somebody gets ill. You know, so if grandma is fading, um, you know, everybody pulls together and, you know, gets back together again and uh, then something that might have been lower on the list, you know, shoots back up to the top and then you, you, you know, get a plane ticket and go, go fly home and, and, and be with your family. So that's really important. Um, another thing is ministry or service. Um, one thing I can really commend this group for as I've been kind of observing you now for a while. And whenever um, anybody up front says we have a need, we need volunteers, we need you to help us with Shepherd's Conference. We needed you to help, you help us with Expositor's Confidence. If we needed to do, um, you know, any other, um, anything else with, this, with um, children's ministry or anything like that, you guys just all show up and do it. And uh, I just really commend you for that because that is something that's, that's a really important um, priority to have. Um, you know, 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty eight. it says, Therefore, be steadfast immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for your toil is not in vain in the Lord. So nothing that you do for the Lord um, is, is ever in vain. And um, we are to always be abounding in, in that work. And I see that you, you, you do that. So that's really great. Um, one big one uh, that can be difficult is work. And for a number of different, uh, different reasons. So one thing is... There is a baseline for all Christians to work hard. That's a given. 
um, because as a witness and a testimony to our coworkers and to our boss. But more importantly than that, it's like whatever you do, do your work um, heartily as if for the Lord and not, not for men, knowing it is the Lord Christ whom you serve. And I actually have that typed out. It's in a, it's in a frame and it's on my desk at work. And um, I refer to it often and just realize that um, that's who I'm working for. And I need to do it as almost a work of worship toward the Lord is to do it to the best of my ability. But what happens when work kind of gets out of control and you are spending you know, way too much time there? And it, one of the things is, if it's part of your job that you kind of have to be there and it's expected that you're there, that's one thing. But sometimes we do extra things, you know, hoping to kind of climb the, the corporate ladder or get, a, get a, um, a promotion or something like that. And so you kind of have to ask yourself the question, you know, why am I doing this? You know, am I really doing this for the Lord or, you know, do I have some other motivation? And only really you can answer, answer that. Um, the other side of the coin is um, being lazy. Um, I recently heard about something that's called quiet quitting. I don't know if you guys have heard about that, but um, what happened during COVID is the government started handing out free money, and some people really like that. And so now, um, now that they're going back to work, they don't do anything, hoping that to be fired, and so then they can get um, state unemployment insurance and then keep getting to stay home. So, um, yeah, that's, that's never an option for us. Um, there's 31 verses that, and, and small groups of verses that I counted in Proverbs that talk about the diligent versus the sluggard. Um, and, um, you know, the ones about the sluggard are very, uh, very kind of comical, but, you know, that's not the person we want to be. Um, that is totally um, not biblical. You know, we want, don't ever want to be lazy. You know, we want to work hard and, uh, and glorify the Lord. Okay, another thing are friends and relationships. I think that's really important. Uh, sometimes that's going to be higher, sometimes a little lower on the, on the uh, priority scale here. But it does take time to cultivate friendships. And, um, you know, just looking at Jesus as an example, I mean, he had uh, a number of people that were his friends, his closer inner circle, his disciples. He had um, Mary, Martha, Lazarus. Um, we heard... We heard uh, Caleb singing about Zacchaeus the other week, um, so um, probably Zacchaeus and, and many others. Um, but um, you know, it's it's very important uh, to have friends, and we have the body of Christ to lift one another up, uh, praying for each other, meeting pressing needs, having care and concern for one another. And we were created by God uh, to be social creatures. I mean, He had a fellowship with Adam and Eve in the garden, and. Um, you know, Christ desires to have fellowship with us, so, um, you know, we shouldn't really keep, keep living in a Zoom culture, um, you know, because um, friendships are important. And kind of lastly on this list that I have, and I'm sure there's many more that you could think of, is recreation and relaxation. Um, it's free time, and, you know, people work hard. They have a long work week, and, you know, they're also involved in ministry and all these things, and so... Uh, there is a reason and a time for recreation or relaxation. I mean, Jesus went to at least one wedding, probably many more. 
Um, Mark 6.31, after a very um, busy day of ministry, there were many people there, and Jesus took his disciples and said, let's go away for a while where it's quiet and more desolate um, and get some rest. So that's really important is free time. Um, But um, I'm going to give you guys uh, a little kind of freebie here. And um, this is a a placeholder for me as a reminder um, that I wanted to share something with you from a book that Dr. uh, Dr. MacArthur wrote. Um, A junior hire wore this to our Christmas party a couple of years ago. It says, I want my fresca, I think, and it has Pastor John on it. But but anyway, um, so... um, so he, uh, he wrote this book. Um, it's, it's called um, The Book on Leadership. And so it's what the Bible says about being a, a leader, you know, in ministry and, and, and so on. And there's about four pages in it where he lays out some incredibly um, practical life tips nowadays. You'd say life hacks, I guess, on how to live an organized, fruitful life. <coughs> Um, if you'd like to look it up, there's a version of it on the Grace to You blog that only has these, you know, this information, and it's called Developing Self-Discipline. So you might want to check that out. But anyway, here's some highlights. So I'll, I'll hit them really quick here. Um, so first thing he says is get organized. He says, start where you are, clean your room, put your desk in order, throw away things that are useless, make everything in your environment neat. And this is one that I have totally embraced in my work life. He says, schedule the hardest and most undesirable tasks first so that you can do them when you have the most energy. Um, For me, sometimes I will have patients call in and they're kind of, not only are they medically challenging, but personality challenging. And I don't know if you ever work with people like that or have to deal with people like that. But if you do, sometimes the temptation is to kind of put it off till the end of the day. You're kind of dreading it. Well, I've learned from Pastor John, I just, I just you know, go for it immediately and uh, talk to that person, call them up and get that done. And then uh, the day goes a lot more smoothly. Um, it says, if you don't have control of your time, you won't have control of any aspect of your life. Um, your life will be ruled by crises and, problem, and problems. Um, he says, use time wisely. He said, don't procrastinate, work hard, don't waste time, stay busy, be punctual. Um, and then um, he says, find ways to be edified rather than merely entertained. So this talks a little bit about what we were saying about rest and relaxation. Um, he says, a key component of true godliness is give your private life to God Devote yourself, especially in your leisure time, to the task of cultivating humility, repentance, holiness, and the fear of God. Because what you do when you're alone says a lot about who you are and what your relationship to Christ is. Um, He goes on to say a couple more things that I'll hit really quickly. He says, pay attention to small things, um, that little things can can add up into big things if you don't don't take care of them. Once you start something, finish it. Um, Jesus talked about building a tower in Luke 14, 28 through 32, and it was humiliating that uh, they weren't able to finish what they had started. Um, Keep your commitments, Matthew 5, 37. um, Let your yes be yes and your no be no. And then finally, um, this is an interesting one. It says, tell yourself no from time to time. It says, gain control of your own appetites by denying yourself pleasures you may be entitled to. Skip dessert, take a walk instead of a nap, and so on. So those are all um, 
pretty practical things from our pastor, I think. So now we are going to kind of transition from um, prioritization of, of your life. And again, I don't have a magic formula for managing it um, through prayer and through kind of paying attention to what's going on in your life. Um, you can more effectively plan out things so that um, you're using your time more effectively. But that's an important thing to do is, is don't just kind of stumble through life. Really pay attention to how you spend your time. Maybe make a diary or, um, um, or you know, like on a, uh, a calendar and, and hour by hour and, and for a couple of days and find out how do I spend my time. And you might be surprised. Um, so talking about, um, about medicine and your health, we're just going to talk about four basic areas, sleep, exercise, diet, and um, what to do as far as medical care. So let's talk about sleep first. Um, if you don't think about sleep much, it's probably because you're sleeping really well. Um, people that, that know about their sleep is because they're not sleeping very well at all. Um, so it is a key to, to good health is getting enough sleep. And we have a really interesting um, culture right now that has to do with um, cell phones and um, iPads and things like that. And everybody pretty much watches them all the way till bedtime. And one of the problems with that is um, the white light of the, the device, um, it hits the light in the back of your retina, which then um, sends a radiation to part of your brain to this thing called the pineal gland. And the pineal gland makes this stuff called melatonin. You may have heard of melatonin as a sleep aid on TV or whatever. Um, but anyway, your body naturally makes melatonin, but you kind of mess it up by um, having something bright in your eyes just before you go to bed. Um, I know for high schoolers, um, they need probably 10 hours of sleep a night, and they're not getting nearly that much anymore. And I think it's because of... Uh, uh, TikTok and Instagram and all that in the middle of the night, they're looking at stuff they, that's keeping them awake. Um, so um, for you guys, probably seven to nine hours would be wonderful if you can get that. Um, I, you know, it's really helpful in terms of what we call sleep hygiene is get to bed at the same time and get up at the same time, kind of trains your brain um, to, to sleep better. Um, there's... Um, Apple Watches and things like that. They have sleep apps and uh, Fitbits, and it'll tell you, you know, how many hours of REM sleep, you know, the kind of the dreaming sleep and how much non-REM sleep you're getting and all that type of stuff. It's kind of hard, a little bit hard to know what to do about that information because, you know, how to, how to um, um, take care of that. But um, the next thing we're going to talk about um, really helps sleep, um, you know, it's exercise. Um, so watch the screen time um, just before going to bed. Um, my wife and I have a saying about Sunday mornings. We always say that church starts on Saturday night. So make sure that you get to bed early on Saturday so that you have a great, great day at, at church the next day. Uh, next, we're going to talk a little bit about exercise. Um, 30 by 5 means um, 30 minutes of 30 minutes, five days a week of brisk walking is um, what various um, um, medical um, colleges um, think is good for, for health. Um, it's been shown to be as effective as jogging, if, but if you enjoy jogging, that's great. Um, it's just that um, walking is a little bit easier on your joints. 
Um, I know some of you really enjoy going to the gym and, you know, lifting weights and that type of thing is, is really healthy and really good. Um, you know, just be sure that, you know, looking at your motivation, you're doing it like for health reasons or maybe as a hobby. You may like to go because you're meeting people that you might be able to uh, develop a relationship, um, bring them here to um, to church, um, share the gospel with them. Um, but watch out. Um, there are people there that are have ulterior motives and are looking for kind of the wrong kind of relationships. So just be careful with that. Um, if you just do nothing but video games and sit on the couch all the time, get up and get off the couch. <laughs> okay, so next we're going to talk about food. And there's a number of things in the Bible about food. You know, the first one uh, would be if you're um, like the, the, um, the law and um, in Leviticus about dietary restrictions. Um, for instance, if you go to Israel, um, they have taken the uh, a verse... Um, that says that you should never um, eat a kid that was boiled in its mother's milk. And they have created this entire um, kind of kosher thing around it where um, you, if you go to McDonald's, you, can, you can't get a cheeseburger because it has milk and meat on the same meal. So you can get your, cheese, your hamburger but then if you want to get ice cream, you have to take that outside the restaurant, and then you walk over to the other side, and the guy that's working there, there's like this swinging um, wood door, and then you, you swing that over, and then he walks over and then gives you your ice cream, but you're not allowed to eat them together, and you're not allowed to be, you have to eat your hamburger first, and then you can't sit at a table with anybody else that's eating a hamburger if you're, if you're eating ice cream. Sounds like fun. So, um, But you can certainly go to Costco and have a Hebrew national franc, so it kind of makes up for it. So, um, so anyway, so this is, this is Ezekiel 4-9 bread. It's a thing. Um, I know at least two people in the room here who grew up eating it, and it's supposedly super dry and tastes like cardboard, but it's made out of a bunch of things out of a recipe from Ezekiel 4-9. So, um, and some well-meaning, well-meaning Christian probably started baking this bread and, you know, making a business on it. It's actually still around. But it turns out that <laughs> Ezekiel 4.9, it's basically, it's judgment. And it was defiled, <laughs> it was defiled bread that was co- cooked over, and I want to say this uh, kind of gen- gently, but it's under human, human feces uh, that was dried, and it was used as the fire to bake this bread, and it was defiled, and it was for judgment. So I'm sure they don't do that, but some well-meaning person thought this was, oh, this is God's bread and everything. So anyway... <laughs> Uh, then there's the John the Baptist diet, so um, locusts and wild honey. Um, there are people now that want us to not have cows anymore, and we eat nothing but insects because there's more insect species and insects in the world than anything else. Um, no, thank you. Um, and then there's the Daniel diet, uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, so you got nothing but vegetables here. Um, it's kind of hard to maintain your weight on vegetables unless you have the Lord um, intervening for you. Um, so they didn't lose weight and they were more healthy than everybody else. But um, if you eat nothing but vegetables, it's not that you won't be healthy, but you will definitely, definitely lose weight. So what I'm going to give you now, um, it's kind of small, but um, this is um, a dietitian out of Harvard. And this is what most doctors would tell you to eat. Now, realizing the internet is 
rife with a gazillion different types of diets, and you can find any kind of diet that you want to you want to try. Uh, there's been a lot of really weird ones over the years. There was one in the 1920s called the Smoker's Diet. And you would just sm- smoke a bunch of Lucky Strike cigarettes, which would actually make you lose weight because of the nicotine, but I wouldn't recommend it. That's before they knew about lung cancer. Um, and so there was one in the 30s called the Grapefruit dry- Diet that a lot of um, movie stars ate nothing but grapefruit. And yes, it worked, but then become malnourished because that's all you eat. But anyway, so the pyramid. So at the bottom of the pyramid are some things we've already talked about. You've got some tennis shoes for exercise. Um, you've got a scale um, kind of try to, you know, manage your weight. And on the right lower, um, it has, um, let's see. Oh, yeah, it has um, what's called the healthy plate. So it's got a plate and it has, instead of having full of pasta, you know, big plate of spaghetti and an itty-bitty little salad on the side, it's like half vegetables and fruits, um, one quarter like protein, some kind of meat, and then one quarter like some kind of starch. So they feel that's, that's, that's healthier. Um, then going up to the next level, you've got five servings of uh, fresh fruits and vegetables on the left. That's kind of hard for many of us to do that, uh, but that's recommended. Um, in the middle down there, there's healthy oils. They say that cooking oils like olive oil and canola are the healthiest. Um, and then there's like whole wheat grains, um, brown rice. Uh, Above that, you have protein. So you have like turkey, chicken, um, fish, and uh, lean meat um, is is better better to eat than just, you know, like fatty fatty meat. Um, There's uh, legumes, um, nuts, seeds, and things like that. Next to it, above that is dairy, uh, two, two servings a day. The reason for that is to get calcium for your bones and vitamin D which fortifies our milk products. Um, It's all added. Um, But if you're lactose intolerant, it's um, vitamin D and calcium supplements. And then at the top, these are things that you shouldn't have a whole lot of. Um, It's what I call white stuff. So it's like um, not too much salt, um, not too much white sugar. um, And it's everything I like. It's like potatoes, pasta, um, white bread. I don't really like white bread so much. Um, And um, potatoes. So... Um, you know, these are all things that you're not supposed to eat too much of and, and, and butter and such. Um, another thing to be aware of in diet is look in, in soft drinks and other fruit beverages, something called high fructose corn syrup. Um, this is really bad. Um, fructose is something that the body doesn't really metabolize and it just, it tastes super sweet and it kind of stimulates your appetite so you want to keep eating more and has something to do with a little bit of the obesity ep- epidemic in America right now. Um, off to the left there, if you can't take all those fruits and veggies, you can take um, a multivitamin. And then it has a thing with alcohol. Um, you know, this is not for this crowd. It's more for, I think, the general population who like to drink alcohol. But, um, um, you know, they, they, sometimes they'll say it's healthy. Sometimes they say it's not healthy. It just, it just varies. But one thing that's going on right now, um, I, was, I was looking at a... Um, a medical educational uh, session um, for liver uh, liver diseases, and they were saying that there is now a um, kind of an epidemic of cirrhosis of the liver, you know, which is a, the liver becomes damaged by a toxin and dies basically and gets replaced by scar tissue. And eventually the person needs to get a liver transplant. And they're seeing a, an epidemic in this in fairly young people in their 30s. And they think it's due to all those new... Um, hard, 
you know, hard seltzer, hard this, hard that, hard lemonade. You know, it's got, you know, definite like large amounts of alcohol in it. And people think it's just, oh, it's just a little soft drink and they'll, they'll drink it, think it's harmless. And, but people are actually getting liver failure from it. So, so beware of those things. Obviously, I don't think you're probably going to have those. Um, I feel that every message should have a quote from Spurgeon in it. So um, this one, he says, there is hardship in everything except in eating pancakes. So this was actually from a sermon that he gave called The Sweet Uses of Adversity. And um, I think occasionally pancakes are good, but too often it's probably not so good. And lastly, we're going to talk about medical care. This is my, um, my granddaughter, Brooklyn, and she's uh, practicing taking blood pressure on her uncle, and she's the littlest doctor there. So, so at your age, you guys, you know, you're still, most, most everybody here is, is really young, uh, relatively young. And so um, sleeping right, eating right, and exercising right is most of the battle. If you do all those things, you're going to be in really good health. However, um, you know, as, as we get older, things start kind of falling apart. Um, so I say to my patients, if I do a physical on a young patient, I tell them, these are the golden years, not when you're 65. Those are more like the lead years or some other metal, but they're not the golden years. So, um, so, it, so you know, enjoy the good health that you have right now. And so, you know, these are the, these are the golden years. These are the years you're going to have the most energy, the most strength, and um, the most ability to accomplish things for the Lord. So, um, you know, thank you for volunteering all the time. I would, anytime you get a chance to go on a short-term missions trip, I would do that. Um, anything that you can do to serve um, any ministries here, do it, because this is the, this is the season of life when you, you have the, um, the most energy. Um, I did a Sundays in July about aging um, a year or two ago. I think it might have been last year. And... Um, Basically, going through Ecclesiastes 12, where Solomon kind of lays out all the things that you go through as you age, and it's not pretty. So, you you know, the older you get, the less you're able to do. Um, so while you're young, uh, leave it all out on the field for the Lord. Um, as far as actually going to the doctor, if you go to the doctor for a checkup at, at the age that most of you guys are, um, what we're going to do for you is... Um, I'm going to want your blood pressure, make sure that you're not developing high blood pressure, um, do a height and weight, um, you know, give you an assessment as far as, um, uh, you know, your, what's called your, um, your BMI or body mass index, um, which will tell you, you know, if you're in, in a good weight or not. Um, possibly do, examine you, get a history from you, find out if there's any diseases that run in your family that, to be aware of, and then... Um, Probably order some lab tests, screen you for diabetes, see if you're high, if you have high cholesterol, um, uh, any other abnormalities in the blood work that we might find, and then you know there's a lot of standard immunizations you know to make sure that you're up to date on those if you know if you want to have those. Um, probably don't need to do it too often unless you're having symptoms. So if you're having new headaches, if you're having chest pain, shortness of breath, abdominal pain. Um, uh, you know, anything of that nature, joint pains, anything that's weird and, and doesn't go away, you know, like a cold or, you know, something like that, um, you know, definitely seek medical care more often. 
When you hit 45, we start doing things like cancer screenings for you and things of that nature. So actually, um, what I did, um, I did bring in a, uh, a BMI uh, wheel. So any of you afterwards, if you want to find out what your um, BMI is, I'd be happy to do that for you afterwards. So I'd just like to leave you with this. Um, C.T. Studd, Missionary to India, has a famous poem that I'm sure you guys know about. And it has a repeating refrain. It says, only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. And, you know, going back to that hourglass at the beginning, um, you know, we have now about 40 minutes less less, um, time than we had when we started. And so we hope that, you know, all that we do will be to God's glory and that we'll invest our time wisely. So... Anyway, these are our discussion questions. So um, I hope you guys, I think they're, they're very simple, but they're, I think they're very practical. Um, how are you doing with your time management? Because some of you are going to be happy with that and some maybe not so happy with that. And you can share best practices. If you guys have things that you do that makes you more effective, share it with the table. Uh, what are some things you can do to be better steward with your time use? Um, so... Um, you know, practical things that you think you can do differently and what you need to change to be a better steward of your health and think about sleep, exercise, diet, rest, and medical care. And that's it. So let's pray. Oh, let me leave that on actually for you guys. Good. Lord, thanks so much for your word and how it directs us to understand the urgency of our life, our lifetime here on earth, that we don't want to waste time. But Lord, we also know that you created life as to be enjoyed and um, there are good and good things that give us great joy in this life, um, friends, ministry, your word, family, um, there's so many different things, you gifts that you've given us, Lord. Um, thank you for this time to think about them. We pray that you would um, use this time now um, to help us to learn to be more effective um, witnesses, disciples, and followers of you. We pray in Christ's name. Amen.